You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. I find a lot of wisdom that comes from your show. You interview different people and I know you just do an overall good job and you're a blessing to recovery in general. So I want to make that very clear for the record that I love the movement that you have, what you're doing, you're saving lives and you're educating and informing people. I think that's important. I want to thank my friends at Recovery Survey for giving me the opportunity to talk to them about my recovery journey. Thank you for having me on uh, the new podcast that you just developed, which is unbelievable, Recovery Survey Podcast. I really appreciate what you're doing and, and been doing and continue doing. My guest today is named Drew Assini. He is a former counselor. He's also done work in different recovery treatment facilities, and he's the host of the Drive About podcast, and he's here today to talk to us about meditation. Welcome to the show, Drew. So my name is Drew. I guess I would identify as a former therapist, former counselor, former college professor, spent about 10 years working in mental health, specifically in addiction treatment and five years teaching college, undergrad and graduate programs. And I've since left those roles behind to step into what feels like a more authentic expression of who and what I am and how I can show up with folks. And so, yeah, I'm a person in long-term recovery, been in process of healing and recovery and awakening for 14 plus years now yeah and i just like talking honestly with folks about the experience of life and cool stuff happens you know when uh we share honestly and listen actively you know there's some really nice mojo that starts to flow there's a there's a magic that arises which i was introduced to myself through the process of recovery so, yeah, I guess that's that's who I think I am as of this moment. Well, welcome to the show, Drew. I appreciate you being on. And I love the point that you already brought up about active listening, man, because I think that's really important that we listen, not just to be able to respond or not just waiting for our turn to talk, but to actually digest what the other person's saying. I think that's so important. And I think that uh, it takes a lot of practice. Totally. Yeah. Originally from New Jersey, so I have a lot of practice not listening and being in a rush. So, yeah. Yeah, so we were messaging back and forth last night, and we uh, I think we had decided on the topic of meditation. I think it'll be a great topic for this episode. Honestly, I don't know a whole lot about meditation. I try to do like a five-minute meditation in the morning as part of my routine and you know read a little bit of recovery literature and do a little prayer and meditation but honestly i don't know a whole lot about it so maybe if you want to share your experience with it i would say that not knowing a whole lot about it actually puts you in a really cool spot to then experiment with meditation or mindfulness in a very pure way because 
like anything, the more experience we get with something, the more we think we know what we're doing. And then our scope narrows, you know, our, uh, our tunnel, tunnel vision turns on and, and we miss a lot. In a lot of ways, that's exactly what meditation is about. Is It's about helping us open up to what's happening in different ways or maybe in more non-judgmental ways, more accepting ways. And seeing stuff that's here and now in our experience that we might normally just fly right by when we're on a, a mission of doing things because we know things because we have to get to things or achieve stuff. Yeah, meditation is amazing, man. It can come as like a formal practice. You know, you can sit like Buddha with your legs crossed until something hurts or goes numb. <laughs> you have your eyes closed or stare cross-eyed until you get a headache. You know, or maybe it's more of a moving meditation. You know, maybe you do a, an asana class or a yoga class or something like Tai Chi or Qigong. Right? These are all different forms of yeah, more formal meditation practices. But the cool part is really we can practice being mindful or we can engage a meditative awareness in doing really anything. Because the, the thing that I offer folks a lot is that meditation is much more about how we're doing things than it is you know, what we're doing. Yeah, man. Not knowing anything. That's that's where we start. And hopefully if we do a lot of meditation, that's where we finish. So it's great. You're already there. <laughs> One of my biggest struggles is just being able to clear my mind because I feel like when I sit still and, I, and I'm in a quiet space and I'm trying to meditate, it's just like all the, there's that constant stream of thoughts yeah. and man, it's so hard to get to that spot or at least what, what my understanding of what meditation is, is I'm supposed to just like allow those thoughts to, to pass and, and die. But I find it so difficult to actually do that. Yep. <laughs> I would say the fact that you've noticed all of that means that you're doing the meditation perfectly. It's beautiful. I guess I'll say one of the most common misperceptions about meditation or the practice of meditation for folks who are newer or earlier in their uh, experimenting is this idea that we're supposed to like sit down and just quiet the mind and just experience this effortless, expansive nothingness. And that might show up, but more than likely what's going to happen for most of us is we're going to actually sit down, try to meditate, and then come face to face with how loud and busy and undisciplined our mind really is. And so if you're sitting down to try to meditate and your mind's talking about, you know, all the tomorrow things and all the yesterday things, who am I? And why did that person say this thing to me on Saturday of this month about the other thing? You know, cause the mind will go anywhere, man. But if we're sitting down and we're noticing that, then we're, we're meditating beautifully. The additional piece I would offer in connection with that is just not necessarily judging it, right? So if we can notice what is happening, whatever it is, and then not judge it, not engage it, 
then we start to experience a little bit more flow. We start to come into a little less believing everything we think and a little more noticing our experience, which that small shift opens up a whole lot of stuff. So, yeah, man, I would say <laughs> you're doing great if you've already noticed how uh, bad or terrible, you know, or if you're not doing it right or whatever the judgments are. I would say just notice the judgments, too, because as soon as you start believing the judgments, then you're in it. But if you can notice that you're judging yourself for whatever reason, you're back into the noticing and then we're back into a more meditative awareness. I thought I was doing it all wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's encouraging to to hear that I'm I'm not completely screwing it up. Nope. <laughs> I guess maybe explain to people if they've never done it, like what's a good way to start meditating? What's a good way to start working on that habit? So if you're going to do like really good meditation, you're going to need to sell everything you own and buy a one-way ticket to a really remote location and climb a really tall mountain and look for a cave. And then you'll find some old guy who hasn't bathed in a long time in that cave. And then he'll teach you how to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> Or, right, or if you don't want to do all that, you can just look on YouTube, man. You know, there's a million different videos on YouTube now that provide lots of basic instruction to a variety of meditation techniques. That's what I recommend to people is don't, you know, you don't have to go find your guru in a cave and do all that mystical spiritual stuff. You can just search around on YouTube and try some stuff out and see what works for you. Different techniques will work in different ways and we might find different benefits at different points in our recovery or our healing. For me, early on in my process, I needed a more active meditation because my mind was so busy. And that's very common for lots of folks, you know, especially if you have maybe some trauma or some unprocessed big events or just a high baseline of anxiety it can be really hard to just like sit and breathe. So then for those folks, you know, like myself, I would recommend listening to the videos that are the guided meditations that take you, you know, on a walk along a beach or through a forest or something and give you something to do. Or you can do certain kind of breathing exercises. There's a thing called box breathing that allows you to kind of fall into a pattern and to focus on the breathing pattern. And then maybe later you might start to experiment with more passive meditation, which is just resting back into and observing with less doing in the actual meditation practice itself. But yeah, man, check some stuff out on YouTube. Talk to people who you know that are into it and, uh, and try stuff out. And then let your own experience be you know, your guide or your authority. That would be my suggestion to folks. So when you're talking about active meditation, are you talking about a guided meditation or are you talking about actual physical movement, like going for a walk and having headphones in and, and meditating? What what exactly are you talking about in that aspect? Yeah, beautiful. All that. I think all of that would fall under a range or in a range of something more active. 
I guess a way to think about it is that for most of us, we have been conditioned to be busy. So lots of thoughts, lots of doings. We got to be over here at this time, over there at this time. We got to figure everything out. We got to keep up with the Joneses. And so part of what meditation makes available, and really what any process of recovery or healing makes available, is a more spacious experience that allows us to enjoy a more natural peace or ease or fulfillment. Mm -hmm. But to move from busy, busy all the time to <laughs> do nothing, peace everywhere is a very gradual process for a lot of us. So taking incremental steps. So starting with like, maybe it's go for a walk with headphones in, or maybe it's take a yoga class, or maybe it's, you know, actively counting your breath, but you're sitting. So now you're physically still, but your mind's still doing something as opposed to just noticing. Any, like you said, your, your examples were good, all fall within an active or a kind of a, like a focused or intentional doing that has the goal of coming to a little bit more rest and a little less doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I was just wanting to clarify since I know so little about the, the topic. It's, it's great, man. But the questions are, are so pure. So then it allows for a really cool understanding. Like I'll get in conversations with people who have been meditating for years. And then we're talking about all this like stuff that's like technical and, and then it just gets complicated and heavy. And it's like, well, I thought we were, so we're talking about meditation. Is it supposed to like lighten the experience? And so the place that you're coming from is what uh, folks in in a Zen tradition or from a Zen background would refer to as a beginner's mind. And that's actually like the goal of the practice is to develop a beginner's mind where we're just present and curious and compassionate and just kind of like noticing and experiencing what's happening. Because then if you're not getting caught up in all the stories and the thoughts and the projections, life actually is, is kind of cool just here and now as it is. Yeah, and it sounds like a very serene way to to go about living and not to be so focused on all the things that are out of my control and the things that could happen and the things that, that have happened. And just to be present in that moment, it sounds very peaceful. Yeah, dude. And you already have experience with it, probably. You know, anybody that's in a process of recovery knows what it's like to be in the more hellish realms or the more chaotic, busy, noisy space. And then, you know, as we, we heal and we grow, like shit is like less intense and less chaotic and less loud. And so there's there's a piece that comes with that. So how did you get into meditation? How did you start this whole journey? Because my mind was so loud and so annoying and my experience was so hectic. You know, like my ass was on fire, so I was just trying to put it out. Like all the noble stuff isn't that noble, you know? It's it's more like necessity. Like still to this day, folks, oh man, you're in recovery. Oh, you know, this many years. Wow, that's so amazing. You're so you're so this, you're so that. I'm like, no, I was just in a lot of pain and wanted to die and did it. So then I started doing something different. That's all. And so really the meditation was the same thing. You know, it was something I was always interested in. 
I thought it was cool. I read a book when I was younger about Siddhartha. I felt like meditation and spiritual enlightenment was like the ultimate high. So that was always on my radar. And then when I crashed and burned an addiction, I came out the other side and, uh, and started into the recovery process. And like the thoughts were still like, well, you know, it's early recovery. So I'm, I'm not using, but I'm still crazy. Like things that I had read and then things that people were talking about started to like get in. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, maybe I could start practicing this meditation stuff here. And so that began a process of like noticing thoughts, but not necessarily believing them. And a really easy example of that is, you know, early recovery using thoughts or thoughts of, you know, getting high or, you know, wanting to go get another drink or whatever it is. We practice a lot of observing those and not acting on them. And then we get to the other side without, you know, creating a nightmare. And so it felt like a natural progression to then begin to observe other thoughts as well. Since I was learning that the drugs and the alcohol weren't necessarily my only problem, you know, <laughs> like uh, I, I was creating shit storms without them. So it was kind of like this cool idea of meditation then started to gain some practical relevancy as I, I was getting clean and, and beginning the recovery process. And then, uh, then the thing was meditation. You know, you got to be careful because you do a little bit and then maybe you want to do a whole lot of it. <laughs> I mean, that could also be me being, you know, an addict too. Who knows? But I couldn't deny that my experience was lighter and more spacious and more peaceful and more serene when meditation was a more frequent part of my process. Mm-hmm. And you'd probably speak to it. You know, you said you wake up in the morning and you have your routine and, you know, you do a little meditation. And if you miss that one morning, how's that, how's how's that day go? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, things definitely feel a little bit off if I miss that, Mm -hmm. that little start to the day. It just kind of feels like something's off for the day. Yeah, man. And I really like that. I like that parallel that you made of early recovery and like having those thoughts of using and, and observing them, but not acting on them and how that parallels to meditation. I I just love that example. And it just, it just makes me feel like, okay, I've already practiced a form of meditation. So now I just need to take this same process and apply it into other areas of my life. Beautiful. I guess a, a way to think about it is that meditation is kind of like a discipline that we commit to as far as just resting in our being or our presence, right? being less activity oriented or less doing oriented. And a lot of us have experience and we just, maybe we haven't called it formally meditation, but yeah, you're spot on. dude. One of the thoughts that comes to mind as I'm just sitting here is that I think I try to overcomplicate what meditation is and just through our discussion, I'm realizing that if I can keep it simple and not try to overcomplicate it, that I'll probably be more successful at meditation. Yeah. And like you said, you've already been doing it in, in certain aspects of your life. So like there's there's already wins there to, to help build confidence with it. Meditation is about doing less so that there, there's like more being, right? Like do less, be more. Just like in the recovery process, man, it's like, don't complicate it. Keep it simple. Do the next thing. 
you know, one step at a time, one day at a time, you know, whatever it is, like just break it down into bite-sized nuggets and then keep the focus here and now on this thing. That's recovery. That's also, that's meditation, man. When I'm practicing now, it's my focus is on the breath or resting in a sense of presence. It's hard to articulate sometimes, but, but really it's just the breath is my anchor. And so anytime I'm wandered away on a tomorrow or a project or a yesterday in a conversation that didn't go the way I wanted it to, I notice, and then I just bring my attention back to this breath in or this breath out, whatever it is. And it's, yeah, super simple, man. Do you mind going over a breathing exercise or one that you would recommend for a beginner? Yeah, the, the box breathing thing is pretty cool. Uh, and you can Google that, YouTube that. There's videos and, and different write-ups. There's also, I've seen it on social media, there's the image. And it's like an image that essentially changes every four seconds or something. And it instructs you on what to do. And so the box breath, right, it's four sides of the box. And it's about breathing in, one, pausing, two, breathing out, three, and then pausing for. And so it's a nice square shaped intentional breathing exercise that can really level us out and mellow us out. Because breath, and again, don't take my word for it. You know, if somebody's listening, I would say experiment with it. Our breath is very much connected to our mood, our state of being, the quality of our thoughts, the frequency and intensity of our thoughts. Anybody that's had a panic attack can tell you that like, we don't usually have very calm thoughts to go with very rapid, shallow breathing. It's, it's usually a much more uh, intense experience. And so being able to consciously and intentionally focus on our breath and breathe in a particular way can help regulate the nervous system and then shift our experience into a you know, calmer state. And then when we're calm, when we're settled and present, the experience is much different. You know, what we see, how we see it is, uh, is a lot different than when we're in a rush, in a hurry, breathing quickly, breathing shallow, holding our breath sometimes. A lot of us are holding our breath a lot of the time. We have no idea. But we're just, you know, this is just stuff we're never taught. That like if you pay attention to your breath, you can learn how to change your state and quality of experience based upon how you breathe. Yeah, it's definitely something that I I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to. <laughs> yeah, well we're we're chasing we're chasing all the things you know. Like I was I was born in the modern American shenanigans where it's keep up with the Joneses and don't be too honest and. Feelings are a luxury, and you know if they're even talked about. And then it's all about climbing the ladders and getting the things, the family, the house, the cars, the you know that whole American dream. And so we're focused externally on all of these things that we need to acquire and get to, but we're not given really any instruction or support in learning about ourselves, the actual. <laughs> Like, hey, I'm the guy actually having the experience. How about I learn about me and then go figure out how to do things in the world or in my life? 
that was one of the blessings for me of, of getting into the recovery process. But really, the blessings of the pain of addiction that I had to bring the focus back to myself. I like that perspective of the addiction helped you get back to to seeing yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree, man. Like, I, I never really focused on who I was until I got into recovery. I, I didn't know who I was at all. And then through this process of recovery, I'm beginning to learn about who I am, you know, the, the positives and the negatives and, and actually see with an honest perspective who I am as a person. And that's a gift in and of itself, like you're talking about. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know, and, and now that I can see who I am now, I can try to make adjustments and improvements and try to try to work on some of those things that I don't like about myself, but I have to slow down and, and make time to work on myself and examine myself. Cause like you're talking about, especially in, in the Western culture, we're so caught up in going to work and getting things and that whole mindset. Yeah, man, I totally, totally relate. Yeah. Our, our culture is like a beautiful breeding ground for addictive loops or for addiction to manifest. And so to begin to try to slow down and pay attention to ourselves as opposed to, you know, rush around and focus on everything else, like that's a, it's a revolutionary act. It's a rejection of a lot of the uh, cultural download that we've been taught. But, you know, like you said, and like I know too, once we get into an experience of what it's like to know ourselves a little bit more and to like ourselves a little bit more, it's like, ah, uh, okay, this is what I was looking for in that bag, in this bottle, in that shiny thing, in the the 10th relationship in a row or you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It turns out we're actually not that bad. You know? It's actually we're actually kind of pretty cool. <laughs> well, usually at the end I give the guests an opportunity to just share whatever's on their heart, whatever they would like to. So do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I just echo the fact that we're actually fundamentally awesome. You know, that there is an experience of life that is available that is kind of like effortlessly cool. And, uh, and it takes some effort to move into a space of experiencing life like that. You know, but the process of recovery is one of those processes that helps bring us into this recognition, into this experience. And there's many paths, you know, there's not one specific recovery path that brings you to the promised land. There's lots of different flavors and lots of different vehicles that can get us into a recognition of how awesome we are fundamentally without having to be something or do something. Yeah. So I would just, you know, encourage folks to consider even for a moment that like, maybe we are awesome and we don't have to do anything to be awesome. We don't have to become anything else to be awesome that we already are. And if we're willing to sit with that for a minute, we can allow that to become where we move from, you know, then we can move in the world with a little less urgency and a little less seeking. And instead we can kind of bring a a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction and peace out into this world. And Lord knows the world needs it. (laughs) Yeah, you're just, you're in already, man. You know, it's just a matter of remembering it. That's all.
Well, I appreciate that. Would you like to let the listeners know how they can find you, website, social media, that kind of thing? Yeah, website is www.helpingfolksremember.org. My name is Drew Assini. Last name is Ass, A-S-S, and then Eni, I-N-I. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, too. So if you want to connect with me on the social medias, yeah, I'm on there enough. You know, more than I probably should be, but it seems to be the, the thing to do these days. And then you also have a podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. We actually just hit a thousand listens. So pumped. The Drive About Podcast, which is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And it's just me sharing a bunch of stuff about a bunch of stuff as I've been traveling the world for the last eight or nine months now. So recovery, healing, meditation stuff, lots of different topics. Very cool, man. Thank you again for being on the show and sharing your experience and understanding of meditation. And you've left me with a lot to think about. I really appreciate appreciate your time. Yeah, dude, I super appreciate the opportunity and the questions were great. And I feel like you were able to open up a space that I think a lot of people will be able to benefit from because uh, meditation is something that has a lot of mystery around it. But like you said, man, it's, it's actually way more simpler or way more simple than we think. So, yeah, so thanks for having me on, man. Drew, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your knowledge of meditation with us. If you'd like to get in contact with Drew, his information will be in the show notes. Thanks again. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes. Hey guys, I wanted to let you know about an exciting new partnership with Broken Chains Apparel. They're a custom online shirt retailer that designs cool shirts for people in recovery. They want you to be proud of your recovery and wear it boldly. They're offering our listeners a 20% discount All you have to do is use the promo code recovery at checkout. Go grab your shirts today at brokenchainsapparel.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram at brokenchainsapparel.